1: Hello and welcome to Hometown Glory, your Spurs and culture podcast. I'm Rosa and I've got Billy with me tonight as we look back on a pretty rough week. Three chastening Spurs losses, Boris Johnson trying to make a comeback and an absolutely terrible Strictly Special. Billy, where do we even begin? I guess the fact that Boris isn't Prime Minister is enough to give us like the tiniest little bit of hope. That's what I'm clinging to.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've got to take small more victory than it. I mean, he's also my local MP, Boris, so I'm very glad oh to Oh my see God, is were. he? Jesus.
1: Yeah, so he's like fully person. involved in uh, yeah, in, yeah, in the yeah, day-to-day um, of his constituency. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he actually
0: came to my school, actually. This funny story is um, he does like a Christmas card competition and a girl in my class won it and he actually came and did an assembly in my school. That was my chance. I should have. Oh
1: my God, when was this? Something.
0: It's like I think it was like four years ago now, and uh, I, he was there right in front of me. I should have should have done something. This is like it. I obviously, can't say on air, but I should have done something.
1: Yeah, but well, this is like the you know, baby Hitler. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that was my
0: baby Hitler moment. But yeah, he's nowhere near. Thank God. I mean, not yeah. that the alternative is much better, but you know, that's, this that's, is
1: that's, it. It's just it's just like the smallest of small victories, <laughs> I think, or just like one step at a time, um, where. Do we want to begin? I guess with the game that we just had to witness. Now, like I was talking to Ollie about this, and he said to me, "There's only like one of two. It's only one of two things with Newcastle. Either we absolutely smash them, or we lose. There's just no in between." And I feel like that's right. And I feel like that game I've seen a million times before.
0: Yeah, and I think that that was it for me. Like I was. I was leaving the ground and by the time I was at like the beehive I was over it like, mm. I've just seen it so many times like it's like sort of you're in a relationship where you've been cheated on like 26 times like the 25th time the 26th time just merged into one but it's like doesn't really have any kind of effect on you anymore and the, the most frustrating thing for me is Newcastle, I know we'll, we'll get into this later, but Newcastle are getting like all these plaudits and saying how brilliant they were and they're a brilliant team. But they didn't, we gave them that victory, which mm-hmm. is really, really disappointing. We like handed it to them on a plate. And that is the, the sad thing. Like it just hurts a lot more when it's not from, you know, we've not come up against a better opponent and they've blown us off the park, which maybe you could possibly say against Man United, who are a much better team than us on the day. But Newcastle, we just handed it straight to them. Like, oh, it was so frustrating.
1: I mean, I've been thinking about this a little bit, though, and I feel like one of the things I've always clung to as a Tottenham fan, because over, over the years of... I've supported this team i've seen us lose quite a lot and i've always said and i feel like we all do believe this that if you lose it's all right as long as you kind of go down fighting and you play well and you get and you know and then you're just like unlucky or you're beaten by a better team but i don't know man is that really true <laughs> like just losing is, is fucking think... shit isn't it yeah, it, well. is.
0: it really is but you know, I can hack losing sometimes. I, I, you know, it's going to happen all the time. It will happen to every single team, every single mm-hmm. season. That's fine. It's just like the, the way that we lost is like pathetic. Like, and the, the, the disappointing thing is when we went 2-1 up and the stadium started going crazy, everyone was like buzzing. We just did nothing after that point. We did absolutely nothing from there. Like, mm-hmm. so what, what is going on Like, mentality-wise? I know this is the reason why it's so frustrating is because it's the same sort of mentality issues that we've had over the last five, six years. <clears throat> I and mean, when you might break it down and look at it, it's, it's probably because it's, in fact, it's mostly the same players doing the same things under a different manager. And what was Mourinho, that, that, that quote that he had a couple of years ago, different players, uh, same coach, different players, same coach, whatever it was, or um, same coach, different players, whatever it was. Um, and, that, and that's what Tottenham are at the moment, really, because it's the same group of players that have been letting us down over the last few years. And, um, yeah, so, what you know, what's really going to change? Well, we've, you know, maybe that is the crux of all this, is that we don't really have different players, so we're not really seeing different outcomes.
1: Yeah, and I guess that makes sense, much as I don't want to admit it. It seems like... Because... I'll be honest with you I didn't I didn't watch it because I was out with the kids and by the time I got home we were 2-0 down and I just thought you know what I just I don't have the energy for this but obviously I discussed it at length with Ollie afterwards and he said that actually the problem like the midfield was good and even like up front we were okay it's just the defence and I guess the defence is the sort of longest serving players really isn't it?
0: and you know we're we're big big fans of eric Dyer on this podcast you know he's been a brilliant this season without doubt but the last couple of games he's just sort of i don't know what's wrong i think the problem might be that we just don't have anyone that can rotate with him at the moment like he's he's playing every minute of every game and you know we need someone else that can so he can have a have a week off sometimes have a game off because you can't play a player every single game of a full competition season and expect them to be able to perform at high levels um, and you know he's suffering because of it and then obviously I know we've spoken a lot about how brilliant Hugo has been this season as well but the last you know, handful of games he's looked really poor and he's costing us big decisions going back to that Arsenal game New North London Derby um, and it was the same kind of thing yesterday and similar happened against Man United as well sometimes when he sort of you can tell with Hugo he sort of sets off the rest of the defence when he sort of mm-hmm. gets a bit nervous and he'll misplace a kick and he'll kick it out touch or he'll I think against Man United he kicked it straight to a Man United player and obviously in Newcastle it was much worse than both, all of those things because he ended up completely losing the ball in a challenge which he shouldn't really have gone for um, and then it just sort of sets off the nerves of the rest of the defence and it's it makes them all really jittery it does it really does yeah. it also sets the crowd off as well the crowd you know the crowd respond badly to it and then every time he's got the ball at his feet there's like a whole nerve, nervous energy in the whole stadium um, yeah, but we've been seeing that for the last five years. Um, so it's strange. It's a strange one.
1: But I love Hugo so much. Like, and I just don't, I don't want to have to kind of go down this road with him. At all Because I just feel Like we've been He's all You know He's always Always had those mistakes In him Like there's a reason That he's at Tottenham And not at like A much much bigger club Right And I think That's just That's true for Lots of our players Really Except the ones Who kind of We've accidentally Sort of found Down the back of a sofa Like Harry Kane And he so, is a,
0: he's a He's a brilliant goalkeeper like There's no denying yeah. Still he's he, Last season He was absolutely Fantastic for us Mostly this season He's been brilliant Some of the saves He's making the Man United game Absolutely fantastic it's just, you know, we've seen these kind of mistakes happen. Um, and is it one of those things where we just live with it and, and move on? Or do we start thinking at the age that he's at now, do we not start thinking it's maybe time to start thinking about what happens the next game with him? Um, and not being a knee-jerk and say we need to get rid of him or anything like that because he's, he is a Tottenham legend um, and he's our captain and all that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> even just taking into account his age, he's mm. going to start declining rather than getting better. And maybe we're starting to see that in a bit more apparent ways than we would like to admit, but maybe this is sort of the start of the decline. I hope it's not though. I hope it's not.
1: I mean, it is inevitable really, I suppose. Yeah. We just, it's like, we've we've been trying to sort of prepare for the succession for so long and like have kind of markedly failed to do so. So I don't, you know, there's just so few really, really, really quality goalkeepers out there. It's, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it always feels like it just, it takes even really good teams ages to find a really, really good keeper. So I can sort of, I'm I'm sort of living in fear of what comes next. So worry,
0: I think the worry is for me as well, that like we don't seem to have it planned out at the moment at all. Mm. Um, maybe if, you know, if we had like a, a 20, a keeper in their early 20s or a keeper in their, um, you know, a young, younger for a goalkeeper, goalkeeper at the moment, playing with Hugo, because sort of start to phase him in or something like that. But at the moment, we've only got um, Forster and Hugo. Um, so if, let's say, for example, Hugo was not here at the end of next season. We'd be totally starting from scratch, which is a worrying place to be, really. So I just hope that this summer is a time we at least buy like a young keeper that we're going to sort of bring through in the ranks um, because, even if Hugo plays another couple of seasons, he's, he's going to have, what, two, three seasons at the very most. He's, like, he's 36, I'll say.
1: Yeah. I mean, even in January, maybe. it's. I mean, that'll be the sort of January transfer window is one we really need to start thinking about quite soon, isn't it? Much as I don't enjoy those periods. Um, I also feel like the kind of England call-up has got into Eric Dyer's head a little bit. <laughs>
0: Yes, and I was, um, I was speaking to, to Jack exactly about this earlier. Is that um, I'm wondering, like, what is his motivation at the moment? Mm. Because I think at the beginning of the season, his motivation was to get in the England squad, which he's now done. And the, because he doesn't have any competition on our side whatsoever, there's literally no one who he's competing with, he doesn't have that sort of feeling which uh, the, most of our other players have, As if they have a bad game, um, they're going to get dropped and they're going to be rotated like our wing-backs. Say what you like of them. We do technically have four wing backs, or or even five (laughs) wing backs. So they do, in theory. In in theory, (laughs) if they have a bad game, they should be rotated. But with Eric Dyer, we don't have a single other centre back, uh, centre centre back. So there's no sort of like, there's none of that sort of competitiveness that he needs. So I think in January that would be a top side. And I'm I'm no way saying we we need to upgrade on Eric Dyer and get rid of him. I just feel like we need competition with him, just so that he can at least have a rest now and then.
1: Or just to be honest, because I didn't. Like again, I'm I'm just like such the kind of fan where I was just like I don't I don't want to see bad things. I don't want you know, I don't watch matches where we're already 2-0 down, I don't want to think about terrible things that might happen because terrible things will happen soon enough. So why go looking for them? But I do so I really resisted this narrative. But like players are not performing because of the World Cup, aren't they? I've, yeah. I think um, I think this I think, is happening I think that's happening That obviously that's happening to Romero who... I think it's
0: like it's, it's natural to assume that these sort of players it's, we can pretend that what we like you know as fans we're mostly um, club over country that like we'd all rather see Tottenham in the league than England won the World Cup I assume mm-hmm. you know speaking generally now. but yeah. I'm sure that's mostly true for most Tottenham fans but players is not the same it's definitely not the same the World Cup no. is like the pinnacle of their careers and because of this stupid, stupid, terrible decision to put it in the middle of the season, this was always going to happen. It's probably not just happening to us. We just probably view it from a Tottenham lens only. Um, <clears throat> but I imagine that every player that's sort of at the World Cup is at least in the very back of their minds thinking about it all the time when they're playing in a football match. So, yeah, I think we're kind of seeing that as well. And no? There's sort of quotes from Conte, a bit worrying about Romero, or he's sort of not sure, deciding whether he's going to be fit for the next game or not. And you know that is mainly just down to the World Cup. Which yeah. is quite sad really, but it was inevitable of this terrible decision to do it in this place of place of the season.
1: It's just this is it, isn't it? I do it has just been this week, I do feel like it has been the triumph of evil in so many ways. Like that that fucking club, Newcastle, I'm sorry. I just I will I will never ever get on board with Whatever, you know, their fans can say whatever and they can pretend that they've been so hard done by and that they're allowed to, like, enjoy all of this money and the success that will inevitably come with it. But no, I'm sorry. Like, the regime they've been bought by is utterly criminal. And I hate to be a kind of broken record talking about, like, morality in football, but honestly like you just you could see it like all of the coverage is just about how like Newcastle are a club you know on the up or back to where they're supposed to be and there's always just like this little caveat about like Saudi Arabia and human rights and yada 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 and it's like that's what we're that's what we're seeing around that club that's what we're going to see around the world cup and it's just the world cup is like the starkest example of how that thinking and that lack that total lack of morals, that total lack of care for, not even just fans, but actual human life has just ruined absolutely everything. I don't know. I, I sort of feel like I'm taking that from a very kind of petty perspective, but I really, it just has ruined everything, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, it has. And I think a couple of things are disappointing. Firstly, in how much that it's all been swept aside with Newcastle, like the media have just totally ignored yeah. it. like, And now, just, oh no, they'll do like a
1: little it's, footnote every time. Yeah, they will be it's like, oh, that, questions remain. That's but that's the whole,
0: it. The whole concept of sports washing works perfectly. Like yeah. it's just they're just living proof of that. And then there's Eddie Howe, who kind of pretends that he doesn't get involved in the moral side of things when someone asks about Saudi Arabia. But when people are talking about Jurgen Klopp shouting, at uh, an official, he gets involved and says, you know, shouldn't be happening in football. Like he's just a pathetic weak character that's yeah. been sort of lapping it all up. Um, so yeah. And I know it sounds petty because we've just beaten them, but I'm sure we'd be saying the same things, even if we'd won. Um, it's just really disappointing to see, to be honest. And it's uh, sort of the things which you can't ignore at the moment. And but the the main the media are very happy to ignore that kind of stuff. And, you know, talking about how brilliant Newcastle and are, they're so refreshing. Are they refreshing or are they sort of spending hundreds and millions of pounds? to get there in the first place and just become in the next Man City. What's refreshing about that? We've seen it all before. This is
1: it. It's just embarrassing, isn't it? And honestly, like, how bad you have to be to make me sympathise with Jurgen Klopp as well? <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> how am I sat here defending Jurgen Klopp? That's this you know is it. Times.
1: This is it, man. And also, and maybe this will kind of tie us into the previous game, like, that was all some, that whole attitude of not wanting to think about, of just pretending that it's all normal was really summed up by that like idiotic Jake Humphrey tweet about Cristiano Ronaldo as well earlier in the week where he was like why is everyone having a go at Ronaldo he just you know he's been through so much I'm like oh okay he's been through so much has he I mean we all we all know who's been through exactly what don't we I
0: don't know if you so. could do this but I, you know the kind of like hate scrolling like
1: mm-hmm. when you
0: sort of you just sat you're in like a, a mental state he is the one Twitter account that I always go to. That always, if I want, I'm feeling like I just want to raise my blood pressure by a few degrees, go straight to his Twitter. But that is the worst one he has ever done. Where's all the sympathy, Ronaldo? Oh, my God. Just listen to yourself. Man. He's not going to go on your podcast, mate, so shut up.
1: But also, you know, you know what has been out, the stories that are out there about him. You know, and it's this absolute refusal to to admit it and just to, to act as if nothing happened and to expect everyone else to go along with it, um, but that I suppose was probably the one good thing that happened on Wednesday night against United. Watching Ronaldo just kind of storm off because everything else was uh, really depressing.
0: Yeah, again, as we were saying at the beginning, small victories. We've got to, as Tottenham fans, we've got to take them when we get them. Small, small victories. So let's be honest, we don't get any big ones. So
1: we really don't. No um that do you know what I was thinking back over our podcast last week and this whole week has just been like classic Tottenham of I feel like everything we said last week we're good Conte's got an emotional connection with us he's here to stay um it's all good it's all coming together we're like a properly professional side we've had a wobble but it's all going to be all right um the 352 is working and I'm pretty sure absolutely everything, definitely everything I said last week was proved completely wrong this week.
0: Yeah. And I think the funny thing is, like, we're just now in like a microcosm of the last few terrible periods. And the fact that players are making individual mistakes, um, we're losing games, which we don't turn up at. And now today, to to compound all that, you're getting those stupid articles, which come exactly this time of year. Every single time we start losing a couple of results. Oh, the players are finding the training boring. They're having to run 2K in the warm-up. The, some of the players are finding it difficult. It's just like classic Tottenham. It happened under Nuno. It happened under the mm-hmm. It happened under the Mourinho. These idiot players who are sort of leaking to the press. Oh, we have to run 2K today when we're before a game. We don't like it anymore. But you know, is repetitive in training. Ah, oh, it's just that classic cycle of Tottenham. And we seem to be here again. But having said all of that, I mm-hmm. do honestly believe, like, this is just a blip. Um, I, I, <laughs> I love I, you I so honor-
1: much, Bill. I love you so much. <laughs> I, I do. Think I, that. I
0: just, I think like Newcastle, for example, we're missing Romero, we're missing hoydia we're missing Kudelski. Yeah, yes. three uh, been over the last eighteen months. They've been three of our best players. And you can overthink things. You can think that oh, has Conte? Is, is this like the end? of... Conte, or is it just the fact we're missing three of our very best football players? And when you start a game, as we've said many, many times since we've been doing this podcast for the last year now, when you start, Danison Sanchez and Emerson Royale on the right, you cannot play good football. It just doesn't work. But if you swap that very quickly for Romero and then Matt Doherty and then Kulisevsky comes back in the team, you know, it'll be fine. It's just I'm just going to have to grin and bear it to the World Cup and then we'll be all right. So as much as we've spent the last, you know, 20 minutes or so, um feeling the doom and gloom, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna be fine. I know that it's gonna be all right.
1: I'm so relieved. I mean, I do feel like that as well. Um I wobbled a bit last night because um obviously in the kind of immediate aftermath of a kind of miserable defeat, and your partner has just kind of come <laughs> home in the sort in the kind of pouring rain and is really miserable and is like I, I could just I can't do this anymore. I just I'm so sick of Tottenham. And you know that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Like it's weird to feel any other way after a defeat.
0: Yeah, and it just it just hurts after a defeat, doesn't it? But the good mm. thing about this the one good thing about this ridiculous World Cup madness is that there's a next game in a couple of days. So if we don't win, yeah. you know, we beat Sporting and then we got Bournemouth away, you know, two games we could very feasibly win then the mood will change again. It's just, you know, it's gonna. it really hurts after a loss. And I feel like Conte is the same as well. He's, he's such a terrible loser. Yeah. And I feel like as a fan base, we are terrible as well. We, we hate him. And, you know, it's like scorched earth as soon as we lose a game of football. <laughs> but the next one's coming, you know, on Wednesday. And then there's another one against Bournemouth. And we've got two home games to finish the, se- to finish the mini break of the season. So before the World Cup, we could be looking in a good position. And we're, we're still third in the league. And we're top of our Champions League group you know is it really as bad as we make out
1: it to be this is it i just think i get why it's so disappointing on on two levels because it's horrible it's horrible to lose those games even if those are games that we fucking all like we always always lose them we always lose them um especially united away but i understand Especially because we have, it's the sort of irony of doing really well this season is that we just have hope that we're going to just finally go that like next step and actually win one of those games. And then when it's just like back to the same old, it's really, really, really gutting. And I also understand the fear that people have that kind of the wheels are coming off the whole thing and the football we've been playing is unsustainable. And this is it, it's just going to stop working, the defence is collapsing and that's it. You know what, maybe that happens, but it very well might not as well. And as long as it kind of isn't happening, I'm just going to, you know, I just hold on to what you have said, which is that Conte got us Champions League football in in a season where we had Nuno for 10 games.
0: And he wasn't even here this time last year. Nuno yeah. was still our manager at this point. Like, I think it was about Halloween when um, I think that Man United game was a Halloween weekend. Like we still had Nuno at this point in the season last year, and we finished in the top four. We were four points behind Arsenal with three games left, and we finished in the top four. Like it's going to be all right. I just think like th- this World Cup is going to be such a crazy calf ball. You just cannot predict anything that's going to happen after it. So yeah. as long as we're in the mix for the top four at that point um I mean you know I hope hopefully we can go on and run in a couple of the trophies as well um anything can happen and it's it's stupid to try and predict what's going to happen because literally no one knows the only thing I'm confident on is that Man City will win a league that is the only thing at this point I'm certain will happen
1: yeah that's it it's
0: not arsehole at this point that's all it yeah
1: we'll take it we'll absolutely take it that's totally fine um it does seem that there were at least a couple of like bright spots against Newcastle at the very least, right? Um, the return of Oliver Skip, like properly, like his that's his first start in God knows how long, but he looked good, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that was that is actually what made the Newcastle defeat particularly disappointing. Mm-hmm. It's because the first half an hour, we were playing really well. Like Son missed a few. I think in the first like twenty minutes, he had like four shots, and he had one one on one, which he really, really should have scored. And if he had, if he had scored that, it's a totally different game. But we were on top, and then it's that classic thing of let's just go and give them a goal and see what happens. And then after that, we just fall apart. But for the first like half an hour, we were looking really good. I thought sort of Skip Benton, go and Basuma were looking great together, and it only really fell apart after that mistake, which you know that kind of happens with Tottenham. But it was really, really encouraging. And I think. Um, his, his fitness and his run it. Like, he's all over the pitch all the time. So it was brilliant. And I, I think we've really missed that kind of energy that he brings. And I think it was interesting to see that um, trio working quite well. Um, and I think Hojbjerg is, is apparently going to be back for the supporting game. But it's just nice to know that we do have other options there mm-hmm. because Hojbjerg sort of, you know, again, it's a similar to the Eric Dinosaur, You can't just play these players every single second of every single game. And skip is a great option to have there. Um, and I know that we were just talking about earlier is that alongside him, Benton Cole was brilliant as well. Again, again, he was brilliant.
1: Yeah, this is it. I think that's so encouraging to feel like we have what, like four good midfielders. And that's been, you know, you, even if you're talking about like a lot of the players have been there for a long time, that midfield hasn't actually and I guess it shows right and it's and so to have those that sort of quality in there and we can actually make changes is that's something to that's that's something that we've not had for a while actually I think we've had quite a weak midfield pretty much since since Dembele had to leave
0: yeah and I feel like again this comparison has been made before but Entenka kind of reminds me of Dembele in some, mm-hmm. some respects, like the way he carries the ball and beats players and stuff. And I just feel like yesterday he was running the show for large parts of the game. And I think he was probably one of the only players alongside maybe Kane that did, head didn't drop. He's sort of he got that mentality um, that we always are looking to win and always looking to drive forward. And some sometimes when our players, the big problem that we kind of they, they sort of lose their heads and they drop off. Um, but didn't happen with Bentoncon yesterday. And that's another cause for optimism. I think, is that we're very slowly making steps to improve our first 11. Like in the mm-hmm. last two windows, we've signed Bentoncon, Kulisowski and Romero were three brilliant players for our 11. You know, Hoybier is another one um, that's come in the side. Um, <clears throat> so very, very slowly. And it's gonna take, you can't just change a whole squad in one window um, and see what happens. It's a very slow process for any team. Um, but I think we're starting to get on the right track for now. We're starting to buy players that are coming into the oven and improving it. And I hope, um, you know, in January, if we have can somehow pull out another signing like Benton, that'd be brilliant. But I just think it's encouraging that the, the rebuild that I spoke about five, six years ago now is still going on, but it looks like it's finally starting to head in the right direction because those three players, Romero, Kudusiewski and Benton are just brilliant. And... Miss, they are. They're absolutely Kulisowski. elite. We really, yeah. really miss Kulisowski like badly.
1: I know. Is he due back like any soon, or do we feel like it's just not? We're not going to see him till after the World Cup.
0: It's one of those classic Tottenham injuries where he was allegedly coming back for the next game, and then, oh, sorry, he's not ready now. <laughs> and then now, then it's like, oh, maybe he won't come back. It's, it's the Ollie Skip injury, isn't it? Where suddenly, yeah. like every week, it starts to get slightly further apart. And then you sort of never see him again ever again. <laughs> it sounds like you might be one of those, but who knows I mean he was I don't know if you saw the there were videos of him at the actual game, and he was like jumping up and like disgust, so can't be that far away,
1: oh okay, um, all right, so he's out there he's he's alive he at least
0: he was jumping up and disgust at our sort of <laughs> at something, so it's good, it good to know he's one of us Polly.
1: yeah, oh okay, bless him, all right, well, yeah, like. God willing, we see him back soon. But, you know, if not, we're, we're used to that. So it's fine, really. How are you feeling about the next two games?
0: Um, I think we'll win them both. Mm-hmm. I think we'll win them both. I don't think sporting, have, you know, I know we lost them away in a game that we really should have lost. But I think the atmosphere will be brilliant. I just want to, again, I know we've done this before on this podcast, so I just want to shout out um, THFC Flags. And um, then if you've seen on Twitter today, they've been at the stadium all day preparing a TFO for the game. Oh my god, um, like amazing. Volunteering, starting it today, obviously working on it tomorrow as well. And then again on Wednesday. Um, I believe it's just from what I gather, it's just one guy who sort mm-hmm. of collect is on his own, sort of doing this movement. Um, and the club are now obviously on board of it. And he's it's just amazing to see that kind of thing happening, you know, like a grassroots level um fan movement like that. So there's going to be a T t5 for the sporting game, which I think will really help.
1: Yeah. I think the atmosphere
0: will be brilliant. Um and, yeah, I just think it'll be one of those classic European nights where we just get the job done and then I think we really need to win that because if we win it, then we're through. Um, Not necessarily top, but we're through. Yeah, then we we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, we need that. We need that badly um, before the World Cup and then, I mean, if we can't beat Bournemouth away, then, you know, we don't even deserve to be in the top four, (laughs) do we?
1: No. They've done all right, actually, haven't they? Up until last... I mean, actually, are they losing right now? But they... 2-0
0: now, yeah, 2-0. Right. I think they were, like... I think after, I think there's a weird stat going around last weekend. That after that, since they lost nine 0 against Liverpool, they were the, the only unbeaten team since that game. Yeah, last they weekend.
1: were until so then. They went and lost, unbeaten. Run. Then they lost at Southampton, didn't they? I
0: know they've lost at West Ham yeah. as well. So you know, we got to beat them. We got to beat them.
1: You would really, really, really hope so. Otherwise, then the wheels are definitely coming off us. And, you know, it still may be something you can put the wheels back on. I don't know. But it would definitely be more than just a blip. Anyway, we're not going to worry about that. If it if it, it hasn't happened, it may not happen. So I'm not going to think about it. Um, I just I kind of want to go back to the TIFO, to the flags guy, because that's just so, you know, I've moaned quite a bit about football. And that is just so lovely isn't it just like one person just being like I feel like this is what we need and it's not a fucking sponsored thing it's just like I feel like I want to cherish specifically the joy of being back in the Champions League and I want to make a big deal out of it because that's not something that we as a club are guaranteed so let's just enjoy it. And that one person is out there making that happen and reminding us to all enjoy it. And I just whoever you are, flags got what's it? Who is it? Like THC uh, THFC flags. Flags. Think, yeah. Amazing. Like that's such a work. And also let's
0: let's hope this is like the beginning of a conversation between the club and the fans because mm-hmm. it like it's it's so obvious the difference that it makes. It makes a huge difference. Improving the atmosphere in the stadium is so beneficial to the team. It's unbelievable. It sounds like you, you have like this millionaire, um, billion-pound sport. You you wouldn't imagine that the fans in a stadium could have that bigger influence. On it, but it really does. Like We see it all the time. Yeah. So let's hope that this is a... Like Conte's talked about it. Exactly. The You know, Conte speaks about it all the time. The players talk about it all the time. We saw Gary Neville talk about it when we beat Arsenal last season. So hopefully this is the start of a conversation because... We need to improve the atmosphere at times, um, and hopefully this is a start, a small step in the right direction that the, the club can open a dialogue with the fans. How can we improve the atmosphere? What kind of steps can we do? And if it's you know making cheaper tickets for for younger younger people, if it's having a singing section, if it's having safe standing encouraged from more areas of the stadium, if it's putting people together that want to create an atmosphere, then that's great. Let's get a conversation going with the club. Um, but I th- I think we'll see on Wednesday. This is a really positive step and hopefully just the very first step in that
1: yeah I absolutely love that and I totally 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 agree right now we're going to get on to what I think is going to be my absolute favorite bit of this pod which is rolling in the tweets this week Um, We're discussing, we were just having a chat about how we deal with the inevitable disappointments of being a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. And one of those many ways is by having a very grown up, of course, tantrum. So, Bill, do you want to read out what we asked people to to tell us?
0: Yeah, so. We said, The last two games have been incredibly frustrating. For rolling in the tweets this week, we want to hear your best Spurs tantrum stories. What has made you most angry and what did you do? And here are some of our amazing responses. So um, a couple of common teams, a couple of common games that come up through these. I'm just going to start from the beginning. And Gary says, during the Champions League game versus City, when Sterling scored, I kicked over the iPad that was perched on a little table that I was watching on, had to sheepishly pick it up when I heard there was a possibility of an offside goal. Um, I was actually at that game and our friend of the show, Tom, I had left at that point when Sterling scored. I was pretty much halfway at the stadium. Well, our friend, Tom, he messaged the group chat and said, well, they're checking from time. I literally legged it back in to make it, so I know exactly how you feel. I did exactly the same thing um, for exactly the same game. Uh, Steve Smith says, as a 16-year-old refusing to go to school as the Goons have beaten us in the Littlewoods Cup semi-final in 87, still feels painful typing that. Lived in Enfield, so he was either Spurs or that lot. Tough time. I think we can all relate to that one. Uh, Grumpy, great name, um, very appropriate name, says at Old Trafford in December 1996, Man United versus Leeds, Listening to BBC Radio 5 to hear how Spurs are doing at Newcastle. And there's been another goal at St. James's Park on repeat as Spurs lose 7-1. Each goal greeted with a louder, oh, fuck off from me, from the amusement of Man United fans around me. Um, Sock formation. A friend of the show, Tim, says, not a game, but when a certain somebody, let's call him Cole Samble, joined Arsenal, I snapped the head of the little Corinthian figure I had of him and threw him out of my window. My brother came home and found him lying there on Calverdon High Street. I can definitely relate to that. One of my favorite. I remember an old tweet. From, I tried to find it, but I can't find it. An old tweet. Um, some guy was talking about how when he was a kid, his dad came home on the day that Saul Campbell signed, and he uh, ripped up his this kid's autograph, and the kid started crying. And his dad said to him, "One day you'll understand, son." And that's always stuck with me. That that story. I always remember that, and it's so true as well. Um, Spurs song says nothing will ever top the three-four capitulation. Uh, or 4-3, whichever way you look at it, versus City in 2004, I do believe really, this game comes up a couple of times. Three days later, me and my dad received a letter from the club saying we have been reported by the stewards for abusive language and kicking seats at full time. We moved to the shelf the next season, still makes me angry. Uh, FPL Bo says flounced out of the pub when Blanc scored from United with Spurs leading 3-2, got home and found out we lost 5-3. Uh, that one I
1: love game. because that's such a, like, preemptive
0: flounce. You <laughs> know, you just know what, what's going to happen. That was my brother's first ever game at the stadium. This. So, great introduction. Uh, Mark says, I love how specific some of these memories are. That's how you know you're really angry when you remember, like, an FA Cup replay from 2007. So Mark says, FA Cup replay versus Chelsea when Shevchenko footed won in, 2007-ish. Went home, kicked over the literary tray housemate had got for a stray cat she decided to adopt. Next day, the cat had gone. Poor cat. Wow. All actions have consequences, Mark. All actions have consequences. Here we go again. Great time to bring it up as well. Very personal. Mavericks versus seven-one versus Newcastle. Alan Nielsen scores a late consolation. Looks at an imaginary watch as if to say, still got time." Turned off TV. Marched upstairs. Punched the wall. Nearly broke my hand. And stalked in my room. Did I mention we're having a birthday party for my dad at the time? Classic. Um, G Lewis ninety-two says. When Chelsea equalised during the Battle of the Bridge, I pulled all the cushions and blanket off our sofa and threw them one by one down the hallway." Um, Family of the show, Oliver says, "'Aside from the time I thought City had knocked us out of the Champions League, so I turned off the train and just shouted, it's not fair. Only yesterday I stormed off from the ground in a half, not paying attention to where I was, going and completely got lost in the Tottenham suburbs." (laughs) I'm sure one of our hometown glory members knows exactly what happened after that as well. Benny says, again, from that same 7-1 Newcastle game, I was walking down So Market in a Spurs top that day. Every stall I passed, I was given grief by the owners and told the score was worse and the stall I just passed a minute ago. <laughs> that game is haunting us this weekend. And, you know, just because we just played Newcastle, I think. Now, this one is mad. So Kevin Pierce says, My first son was due to have Campbell as his middle name. Luckily, the ultrasound was wrong. My daughter got a different middle name and less than one month later, Judas left. Would have hated putting him up for adoption. Imagine that. Imagine if you'd actually named your son after soul time. God,
1: I did like an um, like audible intake of breath there. Just going, uh, oh my God.
0: Yeah, what could have been? What could have been? Patrick says, walked out the pub and stormed home on the tube at the halftime of Inter away. Refused to believe my dad when he called him about the bail times three. Patrick threw a spring roll at the wall when I got home because I missed it. There you go, a very specific burst of anger there involving a the spring roll. Uh, Paul Sandy says, 97, Wellington Cup final. Throwing out the house was thrown at my nan when we said, it's only a game, dear. It was two days later, I was let back in and wrote a letter of apology. Shout out to your nan. You can
1: <laughs> never say it's just a game, never. It's no, just like, that is, that's absolutely that worst, incendiary. That? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what my mum always says to me and my dad after. She goes, oh, I was just going, oh, I bet you wish you didn't go, oh, it just spoils my absolute blood.
1: My mum's yeah. always done this thing of, <laughs> of like, she walks in and, and like has a look at the score and goes, oh, that's not good, is it?
0: Yeah, same. I know exactly that. I know exactly that. And it just there's nothing wrong with that as a phrase either. it's, a, it's not even a bad thing to say, but it just boils the blood. Yeah. Just rubs you <laughs> up the wrong way. Dean says a four-nil home defeat by Burnley in the league quarterfinal, um <clears throat> quarter final in the early 80s, had me tearing down in the 1982 final squad poster from my wall and swearing I would never support that accursed team again. Yet 40 years later, here we are are well. So as we were talking about mini-cycles earlier, with like Mourinho, Nuno, Costino. This is all just one big cycle, isn't it? It's all one big cycle of talking Tottenham. Um, and Johnny says, being 3 0 up against City in the FA Cup and then being reduced 10 men only for them to go on to win 4 3. One of many times I question myself why I'm a Spurs fan and what I did in the previous life to deserve this. And I believe that is what we all do every single day. But at the same time, we just would not change it, would we?
1: I mean, we might change some of it, I guess. <laughs>
0: Would we? Uh, would we really? Or do we love? This? It is it now? I think we that? love it.
1: Do you know what? Actually, just going through those tweets and some of like the other rolling in the tweets that we've had, we people just the fact that they remember all these things, it just makes me think we we actually love this a little bit, don't we? We yeah. are masochists, yeah. really. It's
0: what we're. It's what we're all about. Like we some of those tweets just
1: for. absolutely just killed me. Have you got? Hang on. Have you read out Jim's one? Uh, friend of the pod, Jim. Friend of the
0: podcast, friend of the show. With actually the best one of all of them, I would mm-hmm. say. And Frank Lampard scored his free kick from Mila at Wembley in the semi final. Stormed out the ground from the top tier, got to exit and realized I'd left my wallet and keys under the seat. Had to slink back and pretend I'd just gone for a wee. Now, those of you that know Jim, that sums him up absolutely perfectly. Um, and I think that is my favorite one of all of them. So thank you very much, Jim. You're a Lira legend.
1: Yeah, I don't think we can we can top that really. Um, I will happily add a couple of my attentions though to it because one of them was as recent as Wednesday night where um, I just fucking hate United so much and when we can see, like I was already on edge and I think I'd already stormed off at the first goal and the second goal I was just like, fuck, fuck this. I fucking hate this club. This club could have been us or them, to be honest. It wasn't specific. Went into my bedroom. There was like a couple of my kids' toys, <laughs> and I just threw them, threw them across the room. They were soft toys. <laughs> but Literally throwing
0: the toys out <laughs> the is what you're doing there. Exactly, doing exactly.
1: That. But Ollie also reminded me of um, when I went to the semi-final again against United. That was the where we went like one nil up again with a delhi goal and then like sanchez scored and it was so miserable and like everybody just left and I like lost everybody and I went to the toilets afterwards and there was a fucking flag in the toilets I just broke it I broke it
0: <laughs> vandalism. vandalism yeah as pure well. vandalism
1: do you know what they like vandalized my heart so I had to take out on a flag a poor unsuspecting flag
0: yeah, I had one as well, which is my, um, one of the games that someone mentioned earlier. So, obviously, those of you that know me know I, I essentially lead like a double life. So, I've got my normal, my life, my Tottenham life, and everything like that. And then i got my teaching side of things where I, I keep them very, very separate for obvious reasons. Um, and I've watched one game with the teachers in my, you know, my whole time of being at the school that I'm at. And it was Tottenham versus Chelsea, the Battle of the Bridge. That's the only game I've ever watched with the rest of the teaching staff. And obviously we went, what do we go, 2-0 up or something? We went 2-0 up, don't we, I think? Or we went 2-1 up, and I was going, like, jumping two around. 2-0, it was 2-0.
1: It was 2-0,
0: yeah. I've never really showed that kind of emotion in front of the teachers before. 2-0 um, up, just going crazy. And then, obviously, the rest, you know what happens, and the rest. And I just got up, and I just walked out without saying bye to anyone, and I just left. And I thought, if I just go, then they can't, you know, they, they won't see the, the sort of the anger and the reaction to it. So I, what I went, I, le- I left the pub. And um, I walked a couple of streets away, and I just sat down on the floor and just like put, had my head in my hands. Didn't cry, didn't break me. Um, but I, I was just sort of sat there with my head in my hands. Then, like, I thought, if I just remove myself from the situation, nothing bad can happen. Five minutes later, they all drove past the same road that I was <laughs> sat on on the floor. And I sat to sort of pretend that, oh, you know, I'm fine. I'm just, just having to sit down to, to get some air. So, just a bit tired. <laughs> and I've never watched a Spurs game with them since, for, for that yeah. very reason. And I've never... You know, probably will never ever watch them, win them again after that because that is the worst possible game it could have been to watch yeah. with your work colleagues.
1: What was the um, like supporter demographic of your colleagues?
0: My my best my best friend and my uh, my uh, my best friend my uh, my teacher friend Joy, who's now works in Thailand, is a Chelsea fan. Oh, <laughs> it's no. just sort of me versus him, kind of like we're the we're the only two guys that work in the school as well. Um, and everyone else was co- because I basically hammed it up at the beginning. So we've had one here for 26 years. This means some I gave this big story about how this oh, is such an Bill. important game for Tottenham, and it's nothing for Chelsea. It doesn't mean anything to them. Obviously, it, that's not true. It means everything to them to try and stop as us. they proved. And, yeah, as they proved. Um, but you know, you know what happened after that. Oh, so everyone was on my side, but then they got to experience what it's like to be let down.
1: Yeah, and they were like, "We don't, we don't want to see this ever again, either." So you know what, this is, this is it though this club, they try to break us they're not going to do it, they're not going to do that's, it are they
0: that's really, that's struck by Dean who said, is, you know, 40 years later that's what's going to happen to mm-hmm. us isn't it in it 40 is. years time we'll still be doing this, we'll still be getting let down by these guys, but yeah. bring it on let's take the next 40 years yeah, maybe we'll this get is one it. trophy in that 40 years just one, that's all I ask for, just one I one mean, big one, one nice bit. one league, Champions League 40 years, I'll be happy, give it to me
1: like, not that we will ever get the, you know, like, lulls to even kind of ask ourselves this question. But me and Ollie were talking about this yesterday. Uh, like, why would we talk about this after a humiliating loss? And he said to me, would you rather win League or Champions League?
0: Yeah, I mean, I have I've, I've, I've thought that as well. And I, I think... In our specific context, I'd rather win the Champions League just because Arsenal's oh, so never won it, and that's. How this it is, is what,
1: yeah, because then we'd have it forever, forever. We'd have it over them, for yeah, me, And yeah. They're not
0: going to win it anytime soon, so yeah. that's what. I want. And that's... We, that's like a constant thought, a dark thought in the back of my mind that we were so close to doing it. We probably know. never will get that close again, and I'm not quite ready to unpack the emotion that, that has left on me and probably will remain for the rest of my life until we do it. But I'm not ready for that conversation right now, to be honest
1: no because me neither to be honest and i was thinking (laughs) you know this isn't initially um when i said let's do this pod i was like should we try to make it like you know just a little bit more of a kind of therapeutic vibe but actually therapy really means you got like dig into stuff and you got to like put it all out there and actually look at it and just no thank you no we don't do that no we move we we go again and we we'll keep again. moving
0: for the next 40 years and see what happens. <laughs> Let's go for
1: it. Yeah. Just put, so basically that week goes in the bin. Wait, I can't put it in the bin just yet because, unfortunately, I have to give everyone an update on what happened to Spurs women at the weekend, which wasn't great because uh, we lost 3-0 to Manchester City. So even though last week I was like, oh, City are a bit of a rabble and they don't seem to like their manager and maybe they're in they're in a bit of transition – Uh, They still have like an absolutely lethal team. And we do not, we got so unlucky. So we've got a ridiculous amount of injuries. And after two minutes, Ellie Brazil um, had to go off injured. And who knows when she'll be back. We've got, we've got about eight or nine injuries at the moment. And it's just, and so that was, you know, that's our striker gone. And then um, compared to that, City had um, Bunny Shaw and Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly just up front. So it was quite a depressing day, to be honest. I don't even think we played that badly, but it was just such a kind of, it just made it so clear, the sort of glaring, like the sort of yawning chasm between the sort of leaders, the top like it's, it's a top three um, in terms of Champions League places in the Women's League but really there is a top four so there's the um, two Manchester teams and Arsenal and Chelsea and they are just they're miles ahead of us and I don't want to be too mony about this i just I want to reiterate like I really 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 like the women's team and I think we've got a great coach but what it feels to me and I said this on Twitter what Tottenham—it just feels like classic Tottenham. So, to just kind of join, join up, just like kind of get with it, just like a little bit too late, and then refuse to do the spending that would bring us up to speed, because Manchester United got promoted at exactly the same time as us, I think, and they are now they're top of the league. They're like they're only second on goal difference, and it's like one, I think, and they have you know players like Alessia Russo and they brought to Paris over the summer and it's just I don't feel what well, I don't really understand and hopefully we'll have we'll do a bit more of an in-depth kind of look at how it's all going maybe halfway through the season and talk about this a bit more then but it seems to me I've all I've never been one of those kind of god why don't we just spend any money with the men's team because You know, I get that whatever, we're not kind of bankrolled by oil money or whatever. Um, But with this, with the women's team, I don't understand it because it just seems to me like the sums involved cannot be that big. They just can't be that big. So and our club is actually is incredibly rich. It may not be, you know, Manchester City or Newcastle, rich, but it has a lot of money. And I feel like you could just earmark a tiny, tiny bit of that for the women's team. And it would make such a lot of difference. But it, it feels to me like they're just doing this thing of expecting like a really good coach to perform miracles. And if we want to be up there and if we want to be chasing Champions League places, like, they just need. They really. It seems to me like they really do need to spend some money. And I think if they don't do it now, they'll regret it because we'll fall further and further behind. So I don't want to be miserable. I feel we've got. We do have a lot of new players who are still finding their feet, settling in, and is we're only five games in. So I don't feel sort of doom and gloom about it. But it's just really, really frustrating when I think just a bit more investment. Not even that much. Just a bit more could potentially. of change things quite dramatically so you know spend some fucking money levy basically
0: yeah and that's interesting because that like it sounds so familiar doesn't it like Mm -hmm. a little bit of spending at the right time um expecting a coach to perform miracles you know you don't need to say any more you it sounds familiar. everybody knows and let's just both do it on both teams women men's Spend the money, take the step forward. Let's just go for it. We're here now. Yeah. We've got the stadium. We've got everything in place. Let's do it, Tottenham. Come on!
1: Yeah, man. No more excuses. Let's do this. Okay, shall we turn to culture picks? What have you got for me this week, Bill?
0: Still, still going with the Halloween films. I'm mm-hmm. um, still going with the horror. I seen two in the cinema this week. I saw Smile, um, which is genuinely terrifying like oh man it's one of the scariest ones i've seen in the cinema for a long time it kind of reminds me of like the first time that i saw the ring um like generally traumatizingly scary but if you're gonna say if you want to go to the the cinema for halloween and you're not sure which one to go and see that's the one because it's it's terrifying It's it's really really good um i saw halloween ends last night which was um, the third one in the trilogy, the new Halloween reboot. It was okay. It was pretty good. I think it was probably the best one out of the three. But the one that I would recommend is Smile. That's, that's a really, like, proper horror film that is going to absolutely scare the hell out of you. Um, is exactly what you want for Halloween. Um, I'm also going to, in between our next episode, try and watch Pearl, which is the prequel to a film I spoke about last week, another horror um and there's also a really good horror coming out next week called barbarian so i'll try and watch those before we record next time um but yeah go and see smile if you want to be scared
1: i will not be going to see smile because i don't like being scared but can i tell you what i do like to do is um i enjoy reading like wikipedia synopses of scary films (laughs) like things that i know i'm never going to go and see but i just for some reason i really feel like i need to know the plot and that's like enough to scare me so i'd have read about smile and i kind of know and it the storyline and how it ends and it seems pretty scary. I just can't I, I,
0: I can't do it. Yeah I have this weird thing of horror. Like, I love the idea of it and I love the films. I love at the end of the experience I love it. But during the film, like why am I doing this? Why am mm-hmm. I just sat here like terrified of what's about to happen next? Like um I feel like a lot of the the kind of I feel like horror is in a really good place at the moment. There's some like genuinely terrifying films that are coming out and i sort of sit halfway through and thinking why am I doing this? Why, why, why? But then, by the end, it's all alright. So yeah, this I kind is of it. Have a love not... relationship where I, you know I don't enjoy the feeling of being like terrified, but I like I like the end result of it, I guess.
1: Yeah, so it's basically like the experience of going to Tottenham. If Tottenham kind of won every time, I suppose.
0: And that's what I was thinking at the time. I literally watched Halloween Ends last night, straight after watching us um, <laughs> against Newcastle, and nothing is scarier than Hugo Lloris with the ball at his feet. So. I'm I'm prepared. I'm well, very well prepared.
1: Maybe that's it. You're just kind of, yeah, you're very, I can't really think of the words I'm looking for. You're just very like resilient. I mean, I suppose we all have to be. I really felt for the poor, like Spurs social media person today, who's having to promote like the scary stadium tour at Tottenham.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's called a regular game, mate. We know what the scary (laughs) stadium tour
1: is.
0: (laughs) What a home game. (laughs) But did you also, speaking of that, did you see after the Man United game, they tweeted a captain's performance from Hugo Lloris after we just oh my lost, God. and they quickly deleted it as well. This, like, this oh, is it. Just sometimes
1: is. just just hold your tongue. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> if we've learned anything from our players saying, we'll learn from this. Oh, God, um, I just can't just, anymore. Just don't talk, just don't say it anymore. Yeah, Just don't say anything in fact. just Let's just go to the next game. Yeah,
1: just fucking do your training. Don't complain about it.
0: And don't go into the papers about your training either while you're at it. <laughs>
1: seriously um what about
0: you what have you been uh, what have you been liking this week
1: yeah i was i have not been enjoying strictly as i mentioned earlier it was an absolute disaster of a weird like bbc they said they were celebrating the bbc being a hundred years old by making all the dancers dance to theme songs from BBC tv shows so you literally had people dancing to the casualty theme tune and as you can imagine it like did not show them to any advantage so it was pretty terrible A highly unenjoyable experience don't do that again bbc thank you very much um i have still got to catch up on the finale of house of the dragon so i think next week we'll probably once everyone's back no. Obviously, I'm yeah. like a
0: casual observer because I don't watch it, but it's been really good, right? I've seen ev- literally everyone, pretty much everyone, exclusive. So it's been amazing. I don't, I haven't seen them, but everyone seems to be very happy with it.
1: I'm pretty happy with it. I have some, I have some quibbles, but you know, when don't I? Um, but I'm very, very, very excited to watch the finale. So I'll talk about that next week. Um, just watched. Well, we have both just watched the trailer for um, the new Ant Man movie, which I'm yes. very excited about. Very Quantum Mania. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like very, you know. We've talked about this before, like Marvel. We, is it? For, are we in Phase Four?
0: We just the, the last episode of She-Hulk was the end of Phase Four. So. Oh, really? We're are we the,
1: now yeah, in so Phase Five?
0: We're now in Phase Five officially. Yeah. Oh, I okay. I don't so... think. I think Black Panther is in Phase Five. I may be wrong on that. It's either so... Black Panther is either the end of Phase Four or the start of Phase Five. One of those two things.
1: Right, right, right. Okay, because Phase Four has been like quite wobbly. Let's be honest. Um some good things, some real messy things, but how are you ever? I suppose you just can't really top like Infinity War and Endgame, I guess. So that was always going to be a struggle.
0: Yeah, Black Panther is the end of phase four. Sorry. Oh, okay. So they could turn Um, it it around. Yeah, I think they will as well. I think that's Mm -hmm. gonna be I think that's gonna be the first film since Infinity War and Endgame that is on that kind of level. I think Spider-Man. It was an incredible experience, but not necessarily a good film, if that makes sense. It was just yeah. everything that happened was amazing for like fans, but I probably won't go and like rewatch it loads of times or anything like that. It's just like you had to see it once, and that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think I have a feeling this one's going to be really good. I really do. It looks the trailers look amazing.
1: Yes, they do. I'm very wobbly about the prospect of um, no Chadwick. That's my yeah. opinion.
0: Yeah, it does. You know, I mean. Uh, you just can't imagine how they've had to deal with that like even as on a human level like how yeah. how they can how they've dealt with it on a human level but um yeah i'm excited for it i think it'll be good yeah it's also going to be really sad obviously because obviously they show like the graffiti of him and stuff it's going to be oh really god
1: sad. it's like, going to be really gut-wrenching isn't it, it is it is. but Quantum Mania looks you know, quite phase different four, right? It's
0: just been a bit no, hasn't it? It's, like a... it's
1: just been, it's been a real mixed bag. There's been yeah. some like amazing stuff but it's I think it's also been this kind of weird just setting up phase 5, loads of it. Yeah. And I get and I you know maybe that's just that's just all Disney stuff now isn't it? Everything is just kind of setting up the next thing. But that but Phase 4 has really felt like that. But when like, I when we are I did...
0: When I heard um, Kang in the, the Ant-Man trade I was like, oh, yeah, man, yeah. this is really... He's just sort of got that presence, hasn't he, man? I'm, I'm in for that. He's Whatever's so going on? Good. I know they're going to build, like, the whole phase around him pretty much in the next two phases even. But, yeah, I'm in for him. Like, he's just got that presence. Like, the, the same thing that Thanos had, right? Yeah, I want to see this guy. I want to see what's happening here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing for it now.
1: Yeah, this is it, I feel like. um, And also, Paul Rudd is just such a delight and always has been that kind of... You'll never. You, you kind of can't really mess up with him. And actually, now that I think about it, like Michael Douglas as well and Michelle Pfeiffer. That's like a quality cast, really.
0: Yeah, so. and actually, I went to see um, I went to see Black Adam at the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it just reminded me that. Sort of mid-level Marvel is much better than high-level DC. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine as a film. It's it's no. It doesn't touch the size of many Marvel at all. Like the worst Marvel film is better than it. So yeah, it's just that franchise is just a mess. The um, DC they, universe they've even basically just got this out. like they've basically got Ant Man in it like this uh, Atom Smash or whatever his name is it's essentially the same character. It's just like oh, it's just not, it's, it's not good
1: at all. Yeah, I so. saw like someone tweet like. I really appreciate the fact that The Rock has just spent the last however many weeks just like saying this is going to be amazing and then essentially did like the human equivalent of not the not the human equivalent he is human the like movie star equivalent of like trying to do a backflip and failing
0: <laughs> yeah but such a I'm such a stand for The Rock that I went to see it anyway And I was, are
1: you do you love it
0: yeah I, when I was when I was growing up he was I was a massive wrestling fan and he was like my idol so um I'll go and see every single thing that he ever does but really? this was not good
1: Including, like, all the Fast and Furious and the yeah. various, like, spin-offs. And I'm in the bag for all of them. Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, he's my guy. I love him, but he's not. You know, DC. Is this isn't,
1: yeah. This, this isn't the one. This isn't the one. But, yeah, I'm super, super excited for Ant-Man, even though I didn't actually really look as to when it was coming. Oh, my God! I've just realised that the thing, the big trailer we have to talk about, of course, oh, is... Yeah, <gasps> you yes, you know what I'm going to say? Succession. Succession.
0: Ah, oh, just that Man, that that trailer is exactly what I needed today. You know, when you're, mm-hmm. you're talking about coping strategies and like getting over Tottenham,
1: yes, that's what
0: I needed. I needed something like Succession to come back at this time, and just ah, oh, seeing the guys back together, so <laughs> hearing like hearing Brian Brian Cox do the voice and everything. Oh man, I was so in. in it was only like twenty seconds or something, but it was just like, enough. That's yeah, enough. that's enough. That is enough. And just seeing like the three walk together against obviously the the whole series is going to be those three against those you know the rest of them oh man I'm well up for it well up. Yeah. even though it, sh- it showed pretty much nothing of the, of the season but that was enough that was enough I didn't need to do anything more than that
1: that's it they, they know they're just like damn you got me you got me yeah okay so this is it so, you know some people know how to produce perfection and some people and some teams do not and so we we got to take the good stuff or we can get it right
0: Small victories.
1: Small. <laughs> That's a lovely way to end, I think. Yeah. Billy, just so 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 lovely chatting with you tonight. I really feel like I needed it, and I hope it kind of yeah, it's been, you know, it's
0: been like therapy. It's been good. Therapy.
1: Yeah, like good therapy, but like you know, just the, the kind that doesn't require you to like yeah, dig Therapy dig where too you don't deep. actually
0: you don't actually solve anything. You just kind of yeah. pretend that it didn't happen.
1: Exactly. Kind of We're therapy. just like this is fine. Don't worry about it. We we move. We move. All right, would you see us home then?
0: Now, everyone um, knows that I'm a big fan of the Mark from podcast. And on that podcast, they have a saying, which is, it'll be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. Up the spurs.